Hello, hello. Happy Monday. And thank you so much for joining us on the Salon Owner School podcast. On today's episode, Pip University's founder, Heather, is going to be sharing what helps her keep her head above water when there is a lot of everything going on and how she best deals with overwhelm. So let's get started. I feel like this is the perfect, perfect topic to come back to the workforce with for me. (laughs) And as I am going to start us out, I definitely want you to think about how this relates to your life and maybe not. I mean, I'm sure for some of you, you might really feel it right now. And if you don't, you can look at times from the past and really see some alignment there. So just for um, a little bit of background, I, well, first, I think it's really cute of me that I've ever thought that I was busy because the last eight weeks of my life have been the busiest and everyone's, you know, I hate using the word busy. We usually try to replace that with productive. It's been incredibly productive, but it has just been downright busy. I've told my husband now and my best friends, I'm like, oh, I do not like this kind of life. I don't like being at this pace. And what was so surprising to me over this last eight weeks was I was go, go, go from like seven o'clock in the morning until midnight. And this is a full seven days a week, guys, a full seven days a week. And I was like, it's crazy because I've always thought with work, I work, I want to say I work so much. I work the amount of time that I enjoy working, which to a lot of people seems like a lot, but I, I love my work. So I have no problem putting in long hours for the day. Well, when I experienced this last little chunk of time, I was like, oh, I've never been busy in my life. So I, we are selling my husband's house. And so when I moved in, it basically was like a bachelor pad. And I told him, cause I wanted to just purchase my own house. And then he eventually sell this and then he could move in with me. And he was like, absolutely not. And I said, well, I'm not living here if it looks like this. Because I work from home every day. I want my house to look a certain way because I want it to feel a certain way because I'm here all the time. And so since 2020, we have done a lot to the house. Now he painted some walls, but I have really done all of the work myself. Well, we were going to put the house up for sale and... I mean, it required so much work and I'm very particular because I wanted this house to sell for way over asking. So I'm like on my hands and knees scrubbing like little bitty paint drops off of the floor right before we listed it. So there's a ton of work to do with the house so we could get it ready for list so we could get the, the most money from it. Well, the morning that we were listing the house, was the morning that I was leaving for Mexico because I I got married three weeks ago. And so that was really interesting because I'm running around the house with a vacuum cleaner at 5 a.m. right before we go catch our flight to Mexico. I, I made my own wedding dress. So I sewed that thing from just stalks of yard and did all the flower arrangements because that was gonna be like $7,000 and our wedding was 20 minutes. So I was like, hails no. So we've got the house that we're selling, 
me planning the wedding and doing a lot of the stuff myself. And we're also building a house and closing on it in four weeks. Now, when I say all that stuff, I'm sure that there's things in your life or moments of time where it has just been so busy. So I had to, during that time for me to and accomplish the things that I really wanted to accomplish, the house looking great, the wedding being beautiful. And now I'm really in the home stretch with finishing out the small, small details of our new house. There was some tactics that I really, really leaned on. And then in full transparency, because when I'm finished saying all these old tips and tricks, I'm going to be straight up vulnerable. In full transparency, some tactics that I know of that I've experienced for the last 15 years of my life that I did not lean on, that I did not do. So one of those first things, and I do this quite frequently, and I would say to you, I've got like three little tips when it comes to feeling overwhelmed or like there's so much to do or you're feeling stress or anxiety. For many of us, this can just be the way that we operate. These are hardwired thoughts and emotions that we have created over time. And it's just our go-to. It's a survival instinct. And this first thing that I'm going to say has nothing to do with your doing this. Now, this is a real hard thing for me to um, grasp. And many of my coaches have said, you are so much of a doer. So this year, I have really tried to focus on my beingness, the way that I am being. Now, in these last eight weeks, that totally went out the door. Like I completely neglected that. And I could feel, I could feel it in my body. I could see it everywhere in my life. But the interesting thing is it was all self, I want to say ordained. That's not the the word that I'm looking for. I brought all of that on myself. So when we really focus on our beingness and not so much about the actions that we're going to take, That is one of the first things that we get to do when it comes to combating any of those negative feelings that are releasing just negative energy in our body, negative chemicals in our body. And that this first one, I did this a lot. This has become a way of life for me is the first thing that we get to do is calm our central nervous system. Now, this is so interesting to me. When I think about this, I'm really into just the way that our body operates, like what's going on in our body when we are feeling certain feelings. Well, our bodies, they're hardwired to manage all the different emotions that we experience, just like stress. Now, stress, when we feel that, our entire nervous system feels that. So those feelings are connected to our heart, all of our organs, our head, our spinal cord, everything. So at the moment that we start to feel stress or overwhelm or anxiety, our body releases a chemical and that chemical normally helps with the movement of muscles. And then when that chemical is released, all of our other neurons, they respond to that reaction by releasing adrenaline into our body. And so that tells our body basically do something or say something or whatever it is. So it wants to push us into action. And that's why some of the more beingness techniques, they're really, really hard because when you're feeling stress or anxiety, your body is releasing chemicals that help with adrenaline telling your body to do something. So it's almost, it's almost like it seems counterintuitive. 
Now, if you try to ignore that or tell yourself, just calm down, that can only agitate you even more. And then you start working against your central nervous system, especially you'll feel that resistance in your body. So one of the first things that you can do to actually calm your central nervous system is a deep sigh. Now there's a way that you can do this sigh. We actually teach this to our um, our girls at the salon because it's part of the Navy SEAL mental uh, toughness program where they teach SEALs how to breathe because when they're in combat, I mean, you can imagine what, what their adrenaline is like there. Well, when your adrenaline is high, you, you aren't able to think clearly. And that is would just be another reaction to you feeling overwhelmed, not really knowing what to do next. So when you take deep breaths or you sigh, number one, it calms down the central nervous system. But what it also does, there's this little thing called the amygdala. It's like the size of a fingernail. And it's what controls your body's fear center and that panic, that survival state. So when you breathe and you send oxygen to the brain, that amygdala is triggered and it helps to start calming it down. So when your body goes into, I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling stressed and it releases that chemical, we want to, we want to activate something that neutralizes that and helps reduce stress. So in the heat of the moment, anytime over the last eight weeks where I wanted to say the word overwhelmed, because I would, I would not let myself say that. Language is the house of being. I learned that from people way smarter than me. Language is the house of being. And so I never want to say words like I am overwhelmed because I know that that is a choice because of what's going on in my head, what's going on in my body. And the first thing that I get to do is address that. So in the heat of the moment, we can reduce the panic, the overwhelm, and it can calm us immediately. So it's two inhales through the nose. So... And then followed by an extended exhale through the mouth. And you can do this one time, even two times. I do it in count in uh, four counts. So breathing in two times, breathing out one long sigh. I do that four times. I literally probably did that 862 times over the past two months. Because I know that just right there, I'm sending oxygen to my brain I'm neutralizing all of those chemicals that are released in the body so I can experience like a real come down. So when you do that double inhale and then a longer exhale, it gets rid of any carbon dioxide in your body and that relaxes us immediately. One or two is enough to calm down fast. And I'm telling you what, when you're able to do this, it calms that amygdala, it frees up space in your brain so you can think more clearly on what you're going to do next. When we're just living in that survival state, we don't give our brains and our bodies time to think rationally and logically and super clear. We end up just going into overdrive and onto the next thing, onto the next thing, onto the next thing. And that's the worst thing that we could do. I'm a huge culprit of that. It's like if we just stop for 30 seconds and breathe, and if that can become a way of your life, you will notice that you will take actions differently because your brain will be in a completely different state to think clearly. So the actions that you take are productive and they're top priority. Now that brings me to my next thing. So that first thing is all about, it is about doingness, but it's a doingness that really helps your beingness because you're able to make wiser choices. 
Now, the next two things, these are something that I use in my life quite frequently. And I definitely had to use it with all the little to do's with the house and with the wedding, especially. So the first one, and some of you guys like old school PIP University people, you, you may be familiar with this, but it's called the Eisenhower matrix. I love this sucker. Now it's a little tough to explain when I don't have a visual for you, but as soon as we're done with this clubhouse, if you just Googled really quick Eisenhower matrix, you'll be able to see what it looks like. And that helps a lot. So let's say you have a to-do list. Like I have one sitting right next to me, or if anybody uses a sauna, it's like those people that pay a lot of attention to detail, or they've got thoughts running around in their head and they write it down. We call this like a to-do list download or a thought download you'll end up writing so much down. I do this pretty much every morning right after I get finished with my morning routine. I'm like jotting stuff down of what I've thought of. Now in the Eisenhower matrix, you've got some type of list. Well, what you start to do to prevent any overwhelm from happening whatsoever, because we think we want to get all this done right now. Everything on that list falls into either one of four categories. The first category is urgent and important. The second category is it's not urgent right now. So it's not high priority, but it's also important. Now, those are basically the boxes that we take our massive action from. So anything that we're actually going to do in life, like around the home with your kids or with work, those are the boxes that we pull those to do's from. Then there's the bottom two boxes and it's urgent. We feel like this is really, really urgent, but it's not important. It may not be important at all, or it may not really be important right now, but we think that it's very, very urgent, but right now it's not important. And then the last box is it's not urgent and it's not important. So everything on our to-do list really at all times, especially if you're someone that's always writing things down like me, all of your tasks or to-dos fall in one of those categories. This is essentially prioritizing, but it helps you prioritize with some type of system, urgent and important, not urgent and important. So you basically have four different quadrants. Now, what this does when you're prioritizing is you work out of something that is high priority and important. When you get to that box right there, it's the top left-hand box. Then what we get to go to is the 80-20 rule. Now, this is where stuff gets a little bit tricky because we think everything is urgent and important. At least I do on my to-do list. I'm like, it's all urgent and it's all important. It's um, also known as the Pareto principle. And this says that 20% of the actions that we take, they're going to account for 80% of our results. So essentially, if I have a list and I've narrowed it down to 10 things, 10 things, that I feel like are urgent and important right now, I'm gonna prioritize those to the top two things. Now I will say I have a lot of experience with this because my, my brain is just so daggone analytical. It's like my Achilles heel, it works really, really well, but at the same time, it can have me take forever for things. So if I have 10 things that are urgent and important and I pick two of them, that's essentially going to be 80% of what's going to get me the results that I want to see. When I get on calls with some of our students or when I look at my own actions and I'm asking myself or our students, so 
let's look at what we've done. Let's look at all the things we're giving our time to because we may feel like we're overwhelmed and we're not getting a lot of things done. When we actually look at our calendars or we actually look at the way that we have our schedule for the week set up and what we do within those time blocks, if we're honest with ourselves, only 20% of the things that we really give our time to are getting us the massive results that we're experiencing. So that really means that there is a large portion of things that we do specifically with work that it's just, we feel like we have to do them because we feel like they're urgent and important when they're really not because they're either not creating the culture that we want. They're not supporting effective systems. They're not bringing in the revenue that we want. Now I will say a trend that I've noticed, this is not backed by science whatsoever, but those 20% of things. So like if I pick those two items that I'm going to prioritize for me, they're usually the things I really don't want to do. Like I do not want to do them. And I think it's because I'm like, this is going to take so much brain power. Again, just a thought that I'm telling myself that does not have to be true. But what it's hard for me sometimes is making myself really do those two things when there's like another four things that are a lot easier for me. They may take some time, but they're easier, but they don't get the results that I would want from the two things that I really don't want to do. So really pay attention to that when you're looking at the 80-20 rule. Is it the two things that you just want to do or the four things that you want to do because they're a little bit easier, maybe a little bit time consuming? Or do you need to pick the real two things that are top priority that you believe are going to get you 80% of the result that you're looking for? Every time I have done this, for example, building a guest happiness team career path, I blocked out a whole week. It was literally my top priority after much negotiation with myself. And I knocked that thing out in a whole week and it provided a lot of support for salon owners. It was like the one thing that they needed on being able to track and measure what their guest happiness team was doing. It was really the last thing that I wanted to put my mind to, but it was top priority to get our students what they really needed. So looking at taking those big size, that can help immediately with any of those thoughts of overwhelm, stuff like that. That is a really good one that's immediate and it doesn't take much thought work to do. And then the other two, the Eisenhower matrix and the Pareto principle, Those are just wonderful when we feel like there is so much to do because in all reality, really it's just a few things that are top priority when you're finished with those things. We then move to the things that are still very, very important. And usually those have become more urgent because we were finishing taking care of the urgent things already or we finished it now. One of the tips also is that when I feel like I have a to-do list, what's hard is saying that something isn't important or it's not urgent and really just letting those things go. There is a lot of self-coaching that I do throughout the day, determining what I'm supposed to give my time to the next that will help me get the productivity or the result that I'm looking for. And this is all in our mind. It's all really controlling our thoughts so we don't end up with feelings like overwhelm, stress, and anxiety. So I'm looking at my to-do list right now. This morning when I came into my office, I've got, so I've got a two of our shampoo bowls broke. So we're down to two, which is not fun. I have to order shampoo bowls, check somebody's tracker, call the insurance company for my new uh, build, and I have to schedule a call with my CEO and COO. Four things that I wrote down this morning. Now, there's like 
seven line items from last week that I didn't get finished. So today I'm going to go through, I'm going to work the Eisenhower matrix in my head. And for me, I have a full day with PIP University today. I'm going to get three of these things done. Now, this is the normal way that I work. So I really don't ever feel overwhelmed when it comes to work. Three things. So I know that there's several things on this list today that will not get done. I'm picking the top priority ones. And when I'm finished for the day, if I am finished with those three things that I committed to at the beginning of my morning, I feel great. Even though that there's still things on my to-do list, I've overcome the expectancy of thinking that I'm going to get all that stuff done because I failed at it for like two years and realized I don't like the way that that makes me feel. So let's try this stuff out the Eisenhower matrix, the Pareto principle, and it literally changed the game for me. I have zero problem not getting to things on my to-do list because I know I'm working for my priorities. I make a commitment to myself that before I'm going to get up from this computer at the end of the day, I'm going to get these three things done. Tomorrow morning, those three will be checked off. More will have been added to the list and I get to focus on another three things. It completely helps prevent overwhelm. The last thing that I'm going to shed light on is being transparent and vulnerable. And this is just for people like I've, I've seen things in the past on Instagram from people that I know personally. And they're like, I just do not understand how anybody has time for like a morning ritual. Call it a morning ritual. You don't have to do it. I just, that's just what I call it. You don't have to do it in the morning. You can do it whenever. And it can look however you want it to look. But the point of a morning ritual for anyone is to help relax you. It's to help get you centered and grounded in the moment to look at all that's around you in life. Number one, to experience appreciation and gratitude because that always helps with the way you feel, the way you work, the next steps you take. And honestly, it's just enjoyable. It's a very enjoyable way to live life. And I've seen so many people be like, I just don't have time for that. And I'm like, well, that's what exactly why you need it because you don't feel like you have time for it. Over, this is, this is longer than eight weeks. I can't even lie. For the last, gosh, probably this whole year, honestly, the breathing is a habit every day. I really do that every day. But sitting down and having a ritual for myself, usually that looks like I sit down first thing right in the morning. I have my coffee on automatic brew. I'm like still sleeping while I'm filming, filling it up. I have a rocking chair in my office, sit in my rocking chair, and I just close my eyes. I call it prayer, meditation, visualizing, all that stuff. And I would do that for about 20 to 30 minutes. And then I would open my Bible, read some of my Bible for about 10 minutes, and then write down gratitude, five things. I have not done that this year consistently at all. If I go through my gratitude journal, it's just so disappointing. It's like five times a month I can see that I've done that ritual. But here's what I want to say. I have felt it all over my body, all over my body, all over my life, which with that overwhelm feeling and that stress and anxiety and feeling like I have so much to do, it's like no wonder that this is a topic right now that I'm covering because I have neglected that part of my life. And even at the beginning of the year, I said, I want to focus on my beingness. Now, there's been some things that I do do on a daily basis to focus on my beingness, but it's not nearly at the level that I'm used to operating at. 
And for anybody that's not a believer in that stuff, because for my 15 years, I have done this religiously. I mean, if I missed a day a week, that would be no biggie. I would definitely do a ritual Monday through Friday. If I missed one day, no biggie. I was doing a ritual though the other four days and it would take me about 45 minutes. It was enjoyable and the rest of my days were, they felt good. I had never been a position in a position where I had never put myself in a position where I was able to relate to what would it be like if I wasn't doing that? What would my life feel like? It's more of a feeling. Well, now I am in one because <laughs> I really have neglected this and it is not a fun feeling. And so now I'm really doing some work since I got back from the wedding, really doing some work with recommitting to the things that are very important to me because I know that those things, when they're the center of my life and the center of my day, the rest of my world feels really good. I feel very satisfied and feel very fulfilled. So I just wanted to add that note in there. I mean, many of you that are on here know me really well and know that I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm like so far from it, but you may think I'm really good at this kind of thing. And I usually am, but I get to own up and be transparent and say that I've totally shit the bed this year with this and it doesn't feel good. If I was ever not a believer, which I never was, this is absolutely proof and evidence to say having that calming space throughout your day. And for some people, it could just look like gardening. It might not be writing down your gratitude or anything. It could just look like play because when you do those things of play, it calms your mind. You're able to really be in the moment, experience nature, all that stuff. That could be what a ritual looks like for you. And when we do not take the time to do that stuff, we can expect our world to feel way different, not in a good way. So that's what I'm recommitting to now. And honestly, I'm just really excited because the way that I've always operated has felt really, really good. And I'm very excited to get back to that. There's no shame. There's no judgment of myself. I'm human, but I get to create a distinction for myself to know that, okay, this, not the way mama wants to live. I want to feel like this and I have the tools and resources to do it. And the only thing that is standing in my way, there are no external circumstances like me getting married, building a house, selling the house. I know what I get to do and it's about me committing to those things if I really want what's on the other side. And if I don't, then I'll make excuses and fall victim to my circumstances, which that's not going to happen because the discomfort of not having that in my life is way more painful than actually committing to what I say I want. I hope that this was valuable. I hope that you Google the Eisenhower matrix because it's really tough to see it in your head the way that I explain it. But I hope that you take something from this and you really, really do something with it. And remember those deep breaths are wonderful for immediate relaxation and more comfort. And then really take a look at all the to-dos, prioritize them, and then just recommit for a day or commit for the day to getting a few of those accomplished. If you can say that you did that, wonderful. And in the event that you don't follow through on it, there's always tomorrow. Like I said, there's no shame in judgment whatsoever. You get to try again tomorrow and recommit. So hopefully this was helpful. Thank you guys so much. And I hope that you guys have an awesome week. Bye.